Thanks, Martha. Oh, well, apparently she's working nights. But she left a note. Here's dinners in the oven. Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 94. With me today, Jesslyn. Hello. Uh, if you never listened to My Bleeding Ears Podcast before, we talk about movies that we've seen lately, and then we do a movie of the week. Every fifth episode is Jesslyn's pick and movie, and they range from comedies, horror, sci-fi, action, mostly horror. A lot of action. There, you know what? There really hasn't been that much action lately. Not lately. Because I kind of cut that out a little bit. But you have subjected me to some pretty bad action movies. I have. And that's all part of why I like to do this podcast, <laughs> is that I get to watch all of these movies, and I get to make you watch them with me. <laughs> <laughs> then you come on this podcast, and then you get to talk about it, which is also really fun, because I get to hear your side and your your perception of the movie yeah and it's fun to hear that and you know people are going to have differing differing opinions it's fun to hear you argue the movies that I, sometimes i change my mind a little a pinch yeah i'm able yeah. to you know influence you just a little bit at yeah. least into you know kind of seeing you know uh, uh, this movie you know it was horribly acted but the action was pretty good and the gore right. effects were pretty good in it and uh, especially with this movie that we're gonna, going to review today, um, which is going to come at the end of the podcast, or the second half, um, is that, um, you know, when you get uh, a, a director from somewhere else that's not the United States, and they direct a film that's in English, that's not their native language, a lot of things can get lost in translation, Yeah, and dialogue is dumbed down a little bit. So, um, and it's another movie, too, that we'll talk about before the movie of the week, which does the kind of the same thing. Right. So let's, um, we'll start off with uh, a few movies that we saw, well, I saw on Saturday. Jesslyn caught one of them for the first time, which yeah. I'm amazed. Uh, we went to this 24-hour horror movie marathon called The Music Box... Of, of Horrors. The Music Box of Horrors. Now, we used to go to one, it was called The Massacre... And it was, it took place at the Portage Theater in Chicago. Uh, it's a place where we actually got married. Yes. And they would show 24-hour horror movies. they give a lineup and everything and have some special guests there. And they'd sell shit there, too. And we would stay pretty late and yeah. then show up pretty early in the morning, but we never yeah. spent the night. Some people did. Some people did. Yeah. But uh, usually it used to be about, like, 20 people would stay the entire time. Yeah. I never have, because no. I, yeah, I, I don't want to do that. My I'm back. Just, I'm no. too old now. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you said on Saturday you wish you could set our bed up in front of the now music That would have been office, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, the, the Portage Theater is, isn't is really open, nor does it show movies anymore. No. So, but there was another one happening around the same time, which was called the Music Box of Horrors. The other one was called the Masker that we'd mm -hmm. go to. Uh, and then the masker moved to the patio theater, where uh, it rained one time and flooded the place. And I don't think they've had a marathon since then. Yeah, um, we haven't even been back at all. Have no, we? no, I don't even think they show movies anymore. But That's so sad. who knows? I really maybe haven't just not out. the marathons that we're into. Yeah, maybe they might show some other stuff there. I'm not sure. Haven't been back, but they moved it a few years ago to a smaller theater here in Chicago called the Davis Theater. Um, the theater is much smaller. Mm -hmm. uh, the Portage held how many people? 1,200 at least? The Portage held, I want to say 1,400. Oh, 1,400 yeah. people. It's a big, old-timey theater. I did not worry about our guest list 
at all. Not at all, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, unfortunately, um, these places closed down, and the Davis took them in. They're much smaller theater. And the they held the massacre this year, the 24-hour film festival, in September. Which, I mean, why? Like, yeah. why is September? You couldn't, probably couldn't get any other dates in October for Maybe. the Davis. So that's why I'm thinking they showed it earlier. But, once again, smaller theater, it's going to be packed in there. I was just like, yeah. I, I do not want to go. I'll wait to the music box one. And yeah. we went, and they fucking sold out. And I, yeah. I believe the reason why is because the massacre was, one, it was in September. Two, it was very limited seating. And I believe all the people who would go to the massacre would then all shifted and went to the music box this year. Because the music box is at least 750 seats. Right. Pretty yeah. big theater. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's big. But, um, yeah, it was packed, and we did not stay the whole time. I, I only stayed for three movies. Jessalyn only stayed for one. Uh, we got annoyed, which we'll get into in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but here, uh, I, we caught a few of the movies. The first one I caught was... Um, let's scare Jessica to death. And this movie has eluded me for many years, mm-hmm. and I finally saw it, and I thought it was pretty boring. Um. <laughs> I'm glad that you saw it because I was interested in it, but I'm also pretty leery of '70s horror movies, right? Because of what I might have to watch. And you didn't have to watch any of that stuff in this movie. Okay. It was just um, boring. It was just boring to me. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who like this movie. But I kind of think it was just a bunch of hippies, took some film equipment, and <laughs> made a, a shitty vampire movie. Did they scare Jessica to death? Spoilers? I don't even know who the fuck they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, the voices in her head, the voices of other people. Ah, okay. Who knows? I don't know. I kind of zoned out a little bit. I didn't really care all that much. I, whatever. Uh, I'm sure people who grew up during this time will watch this movie... Liked it, thought it was scary, um, very artsy, I, I didn't click with me, um, yeah, I'm not even going to give it a grade. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there was a movie, actually, that I did see before, uh, it was called Office Killer. Yeah, now that I didn't read anything about, but when I put this sheet together and looked at all, like, who's in it and what it's about, I thought... This is something I really would have liked to see. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's an interesting premise. It is about, um, uh, whatchamacallit, it, it takes place in uh, the 90s, so this movie's very 90s, if you and watch I it. I love 90s horror. <laughs> uh, the synopsis is, a mousy office worker accidentally kills one of her co-workers, then proceeds to bump off a few others. Which is pretty much, yeah, the premise of the film, that um, this office is downsizing... And they're laying people off, and this woman who's worked there for many years isn't taking it very well. Carol Kane. Yep, and they are moving to a new system, and um, she can't cope with it. So then she starts killing the people in her office and taking them home, and um, into her basement where uh, uh, where she has like couches and TVs set up, and she sets them all up like. They're at the office for the most part. <laughs> well, all this is happening while her mother is like upstairs, who's like uh, ill. Okay. Or she's taking care of her mother now. Uh, so yeah, that's the premise of the movie. Molly Ringwald, Jean Triplehorn. Yeah. It sounds awesome. Michael Imperioli was he shouting the whole time? Or? No, he wasn't. Okay. No shouting. He so was he playing, doesn't always do that. He wasn't playing like an Italian stereotype That's or good. a guy yelling and shouting. No, he was just a guy, and he like set up computers and stuff. <laughs> that, that was that was his role. So yeah, you uh, yeah. Tell me more about this movie. Tell me your feelings about it. Cause it sounds a, great to me so far. You might like it. Yeah. I thought it was okay. Okay. It was fine. Maybe you have to have worked in an office for like 20 years. Maybe, yeah. I I can completely relate to a woman who is maybe getting out of touch with technology and wants to murder all her coworkers. Don't tell my boss. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't murder them. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this was okay. I okay. there were parts I enjoyed and parts I didn't. All in all, yeah, maybe check this one out. Okay. Um, it's it's nothing huge, to me at least. It, it was fine. Uh, yeah, check it out on your own risk. 
nostalgia factor maybe for some of the 90s. Molly Ringwald, even though she was an 80s kid, right. pops up in this. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was fine. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I think the, the thing that um, happened to me when I was watching this movie is that I had a couple people who sat behind me, I right. behind us, when we saw Tammy and the T-Rex, the gore cut at Cinepocalypse. Yeah. So halfway through this movie, just a couple people came in late, and it was the same people who sat behind me, two ignorant-ass women who laughed at all the parts that weren't funny and just made complete asses of themselves again. And I had to move. I was like, all right, this is, this is the part of the theater I usually sit but I just couldn't take it. I left. I was like, I can't sit next to these yeah. these people. <laughs> I these are the away. women who dropped the F-bomb that I mentioned in Tammy and the T-Rex in our Cinepocalypse episode. And I'm not talking about the word fuck. I don't no. give a fuck about that word. Right. It's a word that they're... I said it on the podcast. I'm not going to say it again. They I'm say not going to f- let these two assholes make me say it again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, we, I moved after that. I'm like, I'm not sitting next to the... Uh, uh, I, I, uh, it happens to me all the time. Yeah, I, I know. I'm sure it happens to everyone, except for you know, the people who are doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I told you, one of these days, someone's going to keep talking behind me, and I'm going to get up, and I'm going to sit behind them, and I'm just going to start talking. And it's I'm going to say some really inappropriate things, too, because <laughs> uh, I don't care anyway. Because I... It, I'm, I, my, my whole thing is to fuck with people now if that's going to happen to me. And chew loudly, burp, and, and if I can toot, I'll do that too. <laughs> I imagine you probably can. <laughs> also, I think my... I remember my mom did get up and go sit with people once because they wouldn't shut up when I was a kid. Like, kids. Uh-huh. She got up and sat with them to make them shut up. But she wasn't, like, talking to them or burping or farting. Or no. Like that. Well... Just, because those were kids. I'm talking about right. fucking adults. Full-grown full adults. Full-grown adults. Better. Yeah, who, I guess, one, have never seen a movie, or two, have never been around people before. Yeah. And you have to know, like, hey, you have to respect people's fucking area, and, they're, and yeah. they don't talk. Like, it says that before each movie. Don't talk. Right. I think I brought it up enough on this podcast, because <laughs> it happens to me all but the time. But it happens all the time, and it's noteworthy. I'm sorry. It's it our is. podcast, and we'll talk about it if we feel like it. Yes. <laughs> and that leads us off to the third and last movie, the, the only movie that you really saw there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Demons 2. Now, the original Demons was the first episode of the My Bleeding Ears podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a nice, quick episode, and it was just me. I think that was the only episode where it's just me. In the, in the entire entire runtime. I think so, yeah. I, usually I've had you or a guest on. Right. So, um, Demons 2. Did you? What, what did you think of Demons 2? Because you've never seen it. You've seen the original before with me, and I love that movie. And I really haven't shown you this film. And can I mean, you guess why? <laughs> it made me laugh earnestly, but... At it, not yes. with it. Right. Which isn't like Demons, because Demons, you laugh with that movie. Yeah. Not at it. And there's a lot of parts in this movie where you do kind of laugh at right. it. Right. I mean, I did like... So the first woman who turns into a demon is Sally. Mm-hmm. And she's having a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> and she's being impossible. <laughs> <laughs> and then something on the TV scares her. I forget even what. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, I don't even remember. Something on the TV scares her, and then suddenly she's not scared anymore, and she walks up to the TV like an idiot. She turns into a demon. Right. And therefore, effectively, spreading the demon... Plague. Plague. Right. Because in the original, the the plague happens in a movie theater, and in uh, the second one, it happens in like a, a high-tech high-rise. Right. Uh, where it's all kind of blocked off from everything, just like the original. Which was interesting, I thought. Yes. It made yes. me want to watch Poltergeist 3, and I did. <laughs> oh, oh, God. And it's still weird. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I thought it was kind of funny. She keeps, like, not dying. You think maybe she's dead. Right. She never is. No. And that's pretty entertaining. Uh, Bobby Rhodes <laughs> yep. makes his uh, return in this movie, not as a pimp. Mm-hmm. But as like an aerobics instructor yeah. or like a, a personal trainer, yeah, he's like he's all complicating. Uh, he's complimenting all these like yeah. muscle heads and shit. 
And uh, it, it's just these funny little scenes where he's going around telling all these dudes they're doing a great job lifting. He says, like, everything under his breath, but it's still shouting. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Well, I, of course, I, I don't think that's his real voice. This is all right. overdubs, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I think what set me off about this movie when I was there, even before you showed up, there was this fucking hipster guy behind me. Oh, going, yeah. like, oh, have you seen Demons 2? Yeah, it's better than the first one. And I kind of was like, oh, fuck you, man. Like, seriously? I, Which no. was fine. Like, we were watching... Oh, this is before even that. Oh, okay, this never mind. Continue. That. Yeah, and he was just talking to some some of his friends. And they're like, oh, I've never seen the first one either. He's like, oh, this one's better. <laughs> So, so, already, you hate so I already hate that guy. And that was like during the first or second movie that I saw. But then Demons 2 came up, uh, and then we, we changed seats. We kind of sat closer to the front. In actually, the right front. in the front. It was right? like the only place that had two seats. Well, like I said, this was sold out. Yeah. People were everywhere. People were saving seats everywhere. So we were just like, fuck it. I, I don't really care about... I, I did care about seeing this on the big screen. I just didn't care about my vantage point. I right. just wanted to see it. And yeah. we did. And, of course, someone was fucking talking before we, when the movie starts. So, wait, it was the same guy or no? No, it was a different okay, guy. Okay, different guy. Uh, to where you had to tell him to be quiet. I mean, he talked through a lot of the... We watched a Larry Cohen tribute that the mm-hmm. Music Box staff had actually created. Right. Which was 15 minutes long, which I thought was really cool of them to do. And it was mm-hmm. really special to them. Right. So, that's rude, but fine. I'm not going to say anything. Because the movie hasn't started yet. Right. And then they were still talking through the credits. And right. then they were still talking through the first couple of lines. And that's when I'm going to tell you to shut up. Right. So I just turned around. I, I'm nice at first. And I, and I only had to say it once. I turned around and I was like, hi, can you please be quiet? Right, yeah. So I'm nice-ish, I guess. Yes. With some tone. <laughs> a little stink on it, yeah. Yeah, with a little stink on it. Um, and he goes, his, his girlfriend or whoever that was immediately was like, was like, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And she didn't make, say a word for right. the rest of the movie. He was like, wow, okay. Oh, shit. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, what, anything you need to do to impress the girl with you, yeah. as long as you shut up, that's fine. And then he did make, he continued to make, like, comments about the movie. And that's fine. Right. If you whisper little comments to your girlfriend during the movie... Fine. That's fine. But you're just like having a conversation about something else. Right. Go some. Go to dinner. Yeah. If that's what you want to do. Exactly. There are other people around yeah. you. You have to remember that. Right. You're disturbing other people when yeah. you talk about shit that isn't the fucking movie. Yeah. So he acted like a big man. I hope yeah. he feels big. Yeah. At least he shut up for most of the movie. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and, they're con- and that's fine. I don't care. And especially yeah, at I these things. I make little jokes during the movie that right. like whispered to you. Yes, that's exactly. Okay. I mean, what are you trying to do? Make people laugh about the shit yeah. you're saying? Like, I don't care what Nobody, you say. Right. I'll go to riff tracks. Nobody to- came for your commentary. No. Exactly. If I want the commentary, I'll buy the fucking Blu-ray, asshole. <laughs> Fucker. And anyways, Demons 2, uh, it's not as good as the original Demons. It's a lot sillier. It's entertaining. (laughs) But the first one is just so fucking brutal. Yeah. Like, there's some brutal scenes in this one, too, when, you know, Bobby Rhodes gets his balls ripped off, and some other people get fucked up. But other than that, it it was really toned down. The music wasn't as good, I think. It was a little little more new wave, and it wasn't metal like in the first one. Uh, But, yeah... Sally you, got pretty gross. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. That, uh, her transformation and growing her teeth was, yeah. I believe, a step up from the original, mm-hmm. even though it was the same guy who did the effects for both of them. Uh, but it was lacking in, in other places. So, I guess, yeah, if you haven't seen the second Demons movie, yeah, sure, why not? Check it out. The first one is the best. And then after, what, two, there's like three, four, five, which don't even follow. Right. The, the, the same stories at all as demons. Like, the third one is about an ogre. And then another one, the, I think The Church is an unofficial sequel to Demons. Oh, yeah, you said that. We did The Church. Right, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. So just check out Demons again. Or, if you want, if you want to have a good time and make fun of some movies, yeah. watch Demons, too. Because 
I'm sure if it was just you and I watching that movie, we would have cut it up a lot and made a lot of jokes. I did say I really want to watch it again, like, in our apartment, where yeah. I can be as loud as I want and make yeah. all the jokes I want yeah, to. Because that Sally character is fucking hilarious <laughs> to make to I make laughed fun every of. time I saw her, yeah. Like, even at the end when she's dying, I wanted to say to you, like, fucking drama, <laughs> drama, drama, drama queen. queen to the end, <laughs> and she's fucking dying as a demon. Oh! Diva demon. <laughs> yeah. And, like, listen to Larry. Don't listen to me. I don't like Italian horror. It's an unpopular opinion, but it's mine. So. <laughs> now, breaking away from Italian horror into American horror, yes. we finally saw Ma. Ma. Man. <laughs> With Octavia Spencer. And... I know you were looking forward to this movie. I was, but also trying not to have any expectations. <laughs> I did read a little bit, and I'm glad that I did. I'm glad I didn't. I didn't want to know anything <laughs> about this movie, even though I saw the trailer, and it shows you pretty much everything in the trailer. It does. That's the thing. The first time we saw the trailer, I said, well, I've seen it. So. Yeah. And the only reason to really watch this movie is just to watch Octavia Spencer. Yeah. And that's the only real reason, if you know what's going to happen from the trailer. She's nuts. And it's funny. She's fucking hilarious she in this is. movie. <laughs> I feel like she's the only one who really gets what kind of movie she's in. Yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing. Because it's, I mean, this whole movie's played pretty seriously. Mm -hmm. And you have no characters in here that you like. No. Except, Except for Ma. Ma. <laughs> you like the bad guy in this fucking movie. So, uh... I like this movie. I had a good time watching it. I thought it was funny and stupid. There's some original deaths. There, yeah. Stuff I've never seen before. <laughs> like Luke Evans is in this movie. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know he was in this movie. Oh, I do. I did know that, and his death is the one that I'm talking about. I've I've never seen that before. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't even call it gory, but it's something. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Alli spoilers. Allison Janney is in this movie too. Yeah, for a minute. Oh, she's in a few minutes. She's, yeah. She has like four or five scenes. Yeah, okay. You just don't, she don't, doesn't really have a close-up going, Hi, I'm Allison Janney. Right, this is more in the back. She's a doctor. and It took me until like the second or third time to see her to know that was her. Oh, okay. Not me. Now, you're a huge fan of hers anyway. I love so Allison Janney. Yeah. You knew her Maybe right that's away. why I didn't feel like there was enough. Juliette Lewis playing Mother, mm -hmm. which which is, is uh, it's kind of cool to see that. Yeah. Especially seeing as you, as I've kind of grown up watching Juliette Lewis mm -hmm. through like movies like Christmas Vacation and then uh, Natural Cape Born Fear. Cape Fear yeah. and the Natural Born Killers and doing all these adult roles and and to see her as like a child actress move through you know uh, as as being a teenager and then being a, a, a serial killer and then all of a sudden now she's a mom playing a mom character. It's it's fun to watch that, and it's it's fun to see these these people grow with you, and then take these roles that yeah. that fit them now, which I believe Juliet Lewis must be in her forties now. I, I think so. Say. I don't want to see her always get pigeonholed into being the mom. For no, sure, no. But. but it's nice to see her, and and along with like Aubrey Plaza too, to see her as a mother. Yeah, in Child's Play, I felt like we needed a younger, snarky mom. Yes. And Aubrey Plaza was perfect, yeah. So, yeah, it's cool to see that and uh, see these actors go into uh, a different part of their career. Now, unfortunately, men can always play the father no matter what. Um, they could be 20 years old or 80 years old, and they can still always be the dad. Right. And, and, and married to someone forty years younger, maybe, like, <laughs> at least like, at least double digits. Sister, right? <laughs> double digit daughter. years have to be between them, right? So. But I say yes to Ma. I think it's stupid and funny. It is. Don't go in there thinking of anything too serious. But like no other actor knows that it's stupid and funny. Only right. Octavia Spencer knows. This. <laughs> <laughs> you cheer. You cheer for none of these characters. Yeah. I cheered for for Ma the whole time. Yeah. Even her sickly or pseudo-sickly daughter, I still didn't even root for her. Even <laughs> though she's like kind of the, I wouldn't say hero, but she does help the other teenagers uh, escape from Ma or give them a chance to, to get rid of Ma in a way. But yeah, just 
watch it for fun because Octavia Spencer, she's an Oscar-winning actor. Yeah. And yet she's doing this movie. She deserves an Oscar fucking, for this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> doing shots and dancing with people. <laughs> fucking with kids. <laughs> I loved it. It was funny. The help is not aging well, but I feel like Ma will just age like a <laughs> Now, something totally different than Ma, which came out about ten years before... I, I think this is like the second or third time I've watched this movie. It is Midnight Meat Train. I'm pretty sure it's at least the third for me. Directed by Ryu Kitamura, who I like as a director. He mm-hmm. did uh, movies like um, Downrange. Mm-hmm. He did Versus. He did uh, Alive. Not the American one. Uh, right. Tons of Japanese movies, and then he broke out in the United States, I believe, with this movie, which is based on a Clive Barker story, which I actually read that story way before this movie came out in a comic book form, and it wasn't in, like, a book form, but it's very, it it follows the the movie, or vice versa, very well. It's pretty much the same thing. But this one is about um, a photographer who is tasked with really getting... Gritty, gritty city pictures. I'll call it. <laughs> right, Bradley Cooper. And when when this first started, so this movie's from two thousand eight. It's eleven years ago. So I was like, yeah, remember when Bradley Cooper just played random dickheads? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Before he hit it big and right. Uh, married Lady Gaga. Which... I almost miss. I don't think it's gonna happen. I know. I I don't even know why you care, but. The Lady Gaga. I don't care. <laughs> I just threw that in there for you because I know you're like, like, oh, I hope they just get together and oh, I hope things work out. That's not what I said at all. That's well, that's how you, well, that's what you say about other relationships. Yeah. Or, or when they fail, you're like, oh, this world is dead or something. But not these two. Not these two. Yeah, but you're right. Uh, it's about a photographer getting the gritty city, and he uh, he's tasked with getting these really gritty pictures of. Whatever city this is, I guess I missed that part. I don't think it's New York because they have alleys and there's oh. like garbage all over the fucking street. I think it is New York. Is it? <laughs> I think I, so. Do their yeah. train lines look that nice? Um, actually, yeah. Okay. Uh, my experience, which is very little in New York, their trains were bigger, wider um, than Chicago trains, and yeah, cleaner. Yeah? Well, I okay. thought so. I watched too many but, 70s fucking yeah. detective and, movies. And, I mean, I'm sure that Chicago trains were even filthier in the 80s than they are now. They're not yeah. so bad now. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's New York. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Um, um, he, uh, this photographer happens upon um, this woman who is being harassed by these three gentlemen. He breaks them up, and she is uh, let free to go on the train. But unfortunately, she is killed on the train by this midnight meat guy who yeah. is on the train every night and kills people and takes them to central New York, I guess. Vinny Jones? Vinny Jones from uh, used to be a soccer player, but then he worked into movies, mostly like Guy Ritchie movies. Yeah, he's Bullet Tooth Tony. Yeah, he always played the big Snatch. tough guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the, the, the butcher, I'll say. And it's just kind of like a little, um, Bradley Cooper follows him around through half the movie trying to figure out uh, who he is, and then he tries to figure out if he murdered this woman, and then a whole bunch of shit happens. Leslie Bibbs, his girlfriend, she ends up following him, she gets worried, and all this, Right. Don't want to ruin too much, because I really do, this is a really good movie. It is. It is pretty graphic. The effects are pretty good, other than they use CGI for some of it, which is okay, but it's still kind of cool when he knocks out Homeboy's eye. Yeah. And Bradley Cooper, Leon is the character's name, he doesn't necessarily ever do anything useful or helpful, which I think is an important <laughs> plot point, <laughs> especially when you get to the end. That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a cool one. If you haven't seen this one yet, check it out. And check out uh, Ryu Kudamura's other movies. They're awesome, too. Mm-hmm. And definitely versus Downrange is another one. Check those out, especially for Halloween. Check this one out. It's a good horror movie. <clears throat> All right, our next one, which I uh, <coughs> we were just thinking of a horror movie to watch, and I was like, oh wait, you love this movie, let's throw it on, and that movie is Lake Mungo. Yeah, well, we watched. Uh, we've been watching a lot of this YouTube. Is it a channel? 
uh-huh. half in the bag. No, it wasn't on there. It was on Chris Stuckman. He oh, talked Chris about... Chris Stuckman brings it up. Yeah, okay. he did a whole episode about this movie, Lake Mungo. Right, and I knew that's that, right. And you watched this movie right when it came out back in 2008. And I loved and it. you loved it, and I watched it with you, and I liked it too. I didn't mm-hmm. love it, but I thought it was pretty cool, and it was pretty eerie. Um, it's about uh, this girl who disappears from a lake, and... Her family can't find her, but yet she keeps appearing in her house. In photographs or in reflections. Right. In the background. Yes. And it's cool the way they film it because... (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) They show you this whole wide shot, and then they slowly zoom in, and slowly but surely you start to be able to see her. And then you can see her pretty clearly when they get really close to her. I just think those shots are really cool. Yeah, they are pretty cool, and they're, they're well done. This is a well-done docu- uh, pseudo-documentary. Uh, I think Chris Stuckman actually says it better than I do, and that uh, the, the actors are really great, and the, the, the interviews that they do don't seem like they're scripted. They seem no. like they're real people. And if you didn't <clears throat> watch kind of the beginning of this, you can see, you can kind of think that this might actually be a real documentary yeah it really has a a documentary feel yeah so um yeah definitely check this one out it's very slow moving though and it's it's like um like a crime documentary in a way yeah and i love those and yeah if you love those you're gonna Mm -hmm. love this movie so check out lake mango (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's the last one yeah that's the last one that's all folks Except for our movie of the week coming up next. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 1985 Italian-American film Phenomena, a.k.a. Creepers. A.k.a. Introducing Jennifer Connelly. Yes. A.K.A. my love that I've grown up with. Uh, Didn't see this movie when it came out, but Mm -hmm. I did see Labyrinth kind of around the same time. 1986. And fell in love with Jennifer Connelly at that point in time. And have never fallen out of love since then. No. As did we all, I think, and neither have any of us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Phenomena is about a young girl with the amazing ability to communicate with insects. Um, her father is a movie star, mm-hmm. and it kind of seems like he doesn't want too much to do with her, so he kind of ships her off to a boarding school. His name is Paul Corvino, which I feel like is noteworthy, right? Is it like Paul Sorvino? Right. That's what I kept thinking. Is this based on, like, Mira Sorvino? <laughs> <laughs> Just an interesting little tidbit. Yeah. Um, When she's at the boarding school, we get to find out that she has a great relationship with insects. uh, To where they are cool with her, no freak out when she's around, and help her find clues in dead people. Right. So she can kind of control insects. So it kind of seems like this is like an origin story for an X-Men character. Sort of, yeah. You're right. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get into this movie a bit here. All right. Um, you are not a big fan of Italian horror, like you said before. I am not. And you're not really a big fan of Dario Argento, and because uh, you were not the fan of the original Suspiria, Mm-mm. but you love the, the the remake. Which so same good. here. Yeah. Right. So going into this movie, what did you think, or what, what did you expect to happen? No expectations. I didn't walk in with a bad attitude because mm-hmm. that's not going to get us anywhere. And I tried really hard <laughs> to like it, <clears throat> even tried so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I might have maybe right. Okay, 
There are three different versions of this film. Okay. There is the Italian, like, 116-minute version, which we saw. Mm-hmm. Then there's the English kind of hybrid uh, one that is 110 minutes. And then there is the U.S. theatrical release, which was about 87, 89 minutes. That sounds about right. <laughs> I feel like we could shave that down to 90 Yes. Um, <laughs> and, but the thing is with the, the U.S. theatrical release one is that it really doesn't cut anything out of the movie any big scenes it's just trimmed a lot there's, there's a lot so of much fat you can trim from this movie. yes there is a lot of fat in this movie i agree <laughs> with you on that absolutely i think more than once i said deadpan this is a riveting scene of <laughs> the iv scene where she the, takes the iv out of her arm takes like 10 minutes to take the iv out of her arm and it's like, I feel like what Dario Argento wants there is anticipation, but it's not like you're sitting there biting your nails going, oh, what's she going to do next? She's going to take know. the IV out of her arm. That's, and there, that's and, what she's going to do. And there's not like there's that big or, or any repercussions or great repercussions from her doing no. this and getting caught. Like, what's she going to do? Like, what are they going to do to her? Nothing. She'll just run away. Right. So she does. So I, I can understand that too, but it's not really needed. And it's not like blood comes squirting out of your, her arm and you're like, wow, I, that's not what I expected to happen. Exactly what you expect to happen happens. Right. <laughs> so at this boarding school, we, um, there's, um, well, in, this happens in Switzerland. This movie takes place in Switzerland. And uh, Jennifer Connelly is at this boarding school and she hears from different students that there is a murderer loose that's killing mm-hmm. women uh, or girls her age. Yeah. So this is kind of like a, a, a two-for-one movie where it's about a girl who can who can interact with insects. And then yeah. it's also like there's a murder in the background a little bit. And she not only can interact with insects, but she sleepwalks too. Right. And, and the, when she first sleepwalks, she manages to find herself right in front of this girl who gets murdered. Right. Yeah. But I'm not sure if that was real or if that was kind of a flashback thing. So I didn't understand that. Well, it happened at the school. It couldn't have been a flashback. Yeah, but did it happen at that school right at that time? Or was that from another time earlier and she's just retracing the steps of getting to that window and seeing her murdered? Well, if you're right, then that movie was really confusing. <laughs> and not only should they shave the fat, but they should make it a little clearer. Because <laughs> it seemed to me... That that was the beginning, like, okay, she can sleepwalk, and okay, she managed to find herself right in front of this girl who's getting murdered. Yeah, I guess either one, I, I, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. But anyway, moving on. Moving on. Um, all of her classmates think she's weird and turn on her, and that's where we really get to see her control the insects, because they're in the... The boarding school, and they're okay. picking on her, and the teachers aren't doing anything to her. And then she's, um, then she starts to, you know, uh, uh, get all these bugs to start surrounding the school. I, I want to back up a little bit. Okay. Because we have to talk about Donald Pleasance, the entomologist. Oh, we'll get there, yeah. But but we see him for, before the scene where she mm-hmm. controls the bugs. She even meets him before that. Right. And when we first see him... He is looking at the skull of one of his, like, interns who was a student at that boarding school um, to try to tell based on all the maggots on her skull, which is super gross, by the way, well done, um, how old that skull is, like, how long ago she died. So he's trying to pinpoint her death. Mm -hmm. And then he meets Jennifer Connelly, and she holds some big beetle or something, and he talks about how the beetle's getting, like, turned on by her. Uh Uh-huh. And... And I tried to forget that Jennifer Connelly was literally 15 years old in this movie. It's uh-huh. not as though she was playing 15 and she was 18. She was 15 years old. And he's just talking to her about how bugs want to fuck her. That's her superpower. We also have to remember that this takes place in Europe. I know. It's I know. a little different there. <laughs> I'm... It's fine. It's different. I still don't agree with sexualizing a 15-year-old. And you even said... 
that women, sm- girls get objectified and sexualized really early in European and, you know, I think, U.S. films. Right. So it's it's worth pointing out and being kind of icked by. Yeah, I... And also I, I was trying to explain the plot a little bit more, that's all. Well, I didn't get that at all from that scene. All I was thinking of was that um, Donald Pleasance has spent years, or his character has spent years studying bugs, and then they're acting crazy... And then, well, they're acting unusual when she comes, and for him to to spot out the characteristics of bugs and their actions, I don't think it was him being gross or pervert no, or, no, 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 no. or any or any sexualization or or with a director even trying to sexualize her. That's I just, not you know, what I meant. I okay. didn't mean the character. I just meant when you say, oh, it's weird, this bug totally wants to fuck you, mm. that automatically sort of sexualizes a 15-year-old girl, whether you like it or not. I'm okay. not saying the character was being gross. I think uh-huh. he was being honest, but ick. That's all. Okay. And I just wanted to go back because that helps us, you know, move forward with where we are with the plot. Okay. That's all. I know. I had it structured differently, but sure. I mean, you can do it your way, too. <laughs> she ends up leaving the school at that point in time and going and... Uh, hanging out with Donald Pleasance yeah. because he's interested in her because she can she has this um, friendship with insects she that summoned all these flies right. to like attack the school yeah right and just in his his like uh, I want to say his office or his lab he has a bunch of different insects and bugs in there and she's able um, and when she goes in there the bugs just start <laughs> are kind of freaking out yeah. because she's kind of freaking out but then she relaxes and then all the bugs relax, relax. yeah. Mm-hmm. We also see that Donald Pleasance has a chimpanzee as his helper. Yes. Um, we get to see this in the beginning of the of the film when he first uh, we meet him with, and he's with a few detectives, one of which is um, uh, Miel Suave, who is the director of the church, and who was the silver plated bad guy in Demons. And the director of Cemetery Man, along with a bunch of other stuff, too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, he's one of the detectives, and we never see him again after that scene. Right. <clears throat> also, with the monkey, too, Donald Pleasance shows him that um, he teaches the monkey that knives cut things, right? Which comes into play later on in this movie. Which, you know, who could have seen that coming? Right. <laughs> Even though it's set up for you, I didn't really see the coming or, or what's going to happen with this chimpanzee. Mm-hmm. Because later on in the film, the antagonist, the killer of, of these girls, uh, ends up killing Donald Pleasance's character, but right. he locks the chimpanzee out of the house so he can't protect Donald Pleasance's character because he's in a wheelchair, and he has those that one of those stair ele- escalator things like from Gremlins, like the, the lady gets <laughs> right. shot out of. <clears throat> he has one of those, and the killer gets him, and the monkey ends up breaking through. Uh, into the house, and he gets there too late, and then the monkey's just kind of loose for a little while until we see him, like, in this park, and he goes to this trash can, and he finds a switchblade in there. Yes. And then we don't see him again until the end of the movie. But from then until, uh, from his death until the, uh, our climax of the movie, <clears throat> Jennifer Connelly runs away, and then she, the, uh, the people at her school want to lock her up or put her in like mm-hmm. a, an insane asylum, even though she they know she's not insane. She's just different, right? And I think that's a big theme with this movie too. Is just how people kind of need to be labeled as something. Right. Agreed. Which labeling people, if you want to do that, go for it. If you want to label yourself, go for it. Uh, that's going to make you feel better or make you feel about better about other people. Go for it. Label. Larry doesn't like labels. I, 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 I do not care for them all that much, I understand. I guess. Me too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you want to label yourself something, go for it. I don't care. <laughs> Can't put me in a box. Yeah, exactly. Can't put you in a box either. No. So she runs away from them, and then she can't get a hold of her dad, but he, she can get a hold of her his lawyer, and she asks for him to get her out of there, back to L.A., mm-hmm. to be with her father and him. Uh, but instead of sending her money, which is a lot different than now in sending money, because you can just, I don't know, there's apps for that shit and banks. Transfer and, money, you know, yeah. Transfer money. It could be done in seconds now. <laughs> now, who knows how long it is. Even in Switzerland, I'm sure it was a pain in the ass to transfer money. <clears throat> so um, instead of transferring the money to her, 
the lawyer gets a hold of the school and asks one of the uh, headmistresses there or one of the, the the teachers there to take her wherever she needs to be because uh, there's no flights out of Switzerland to LA so they have to spend the night somewhere and in Jennifer Connelly's case or her character I would have been like all right let's get a hotel right next to the airport right. so we get the fuck <laughs> out of there but the teacher from the school is like I have a place over here we can stay there the night and then it just starts to get really weird and abusive between the two of them because yeah. Jennifer Kylie, of course, is pissed off. Right. And uh, this teacher, we find out, is actually one of the killers. Yeah. And That's uh, where things got a little muddy for me, but okay. Okay, well, yeah, she's one of the killers, and they get back to the house, and there's maggots everywhere. And we get to, we've learned before that uh, Donald Pleasance has told us that the maggots are, are want to stick stick around or, or eat, you know, uh, all the flesh and everything. And the right. killers usually want to keep their their bodies around as like trophies, or they want to stay close to them. So she's in this house, and there's maggots everywhere. And she starts she figures out that oh, this is where this is where the killer is, and she's the killer. And yes, she is one of the killers, but not all of the killers. Right. There's two of them. She also has his son, who uh, we just find out about when we get to that house uh, because all of her mirrors are covered and Jennifer's like why are all the mirrors covered? She's like well my son uh, doesn't like to look at himself in the mirror and, we're just, and that's already a, you know, a warning sign right now when you have windows covered. Any right. movie that has windows covered you're, you're fucked. Yep. Um, so from there on um, Jennifer Connelly uh, is, gets beaten and knocked out by the, uh, the uh, tutor or whatever the fuck she is, the teacher. Well, let's call her the teacher from now on. Uh, be- then the teacher has, like, her whole house rigged to, like, close up like a like a jail. Yeah. And there's, like, iron sheets that come down to cover the windows and all the entrances. You can't get in, can't get out. She does this, knocks her out. The cops come. Uh, the teacher ends up in capturing one of the cops and torturing him, which we end up seeing towards the end of the movie. And Jennifer Kylie actually breaks free through, because uh, she gets locked in one of the rooms, and the phone is taken away from her, and it's put in another room. She gets to that room to get the phone, but the phone falls in the hole. She goes in the hole to get the phone, and when she does that, the cop's down there, and he's like, oh, he's all fucked up and everything, and she kind of gets scared. And then that's when we get to see her son also. Mm-hmm. And her son <laughs> is actually like a, a monster. <laughs> it's a little little boy, but... He has, like, this fucked up, I wouldn't say it was a catfish-looking face. It's like a rat face. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was real fucking gross, and that was the other killer of the movie, which it's was her son. Like, that Hellraiser, the chattering teeth. Kind of, yeah, kind of like, like him. Yeah, he, he was disturbing, and yeah. he, was, he was scary. I, I will admit, he was scary, and I, I guess I'm not a big fan of those scenes where, well, I am a fan of them, because it scares me. Where people hide their face, like, no, don't look, and then you look, and they're yeah. yeah, I love those. Because you know it's coming. Yeah. yeah. The one where you don't really know is the Twilight Zone, the movie, where he goes, you want to see something real oh, scary, yeah. and then he hides <laughs> his face, like, oh, and James Brooks is like, oh, come on, Dan Aykroyd, and you, yeah. right. And um, that's when, at the end of the movie, Jennifer Connelly ends up fighting the little monster kid on the boat. Kills him. She gets to shore, and the teacher's still there. Uh, she ends up decapitating the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> now that part's awesome. That was awesome. Okay, yeah. So describe that a little bit better. So the we get to see throughout the movie the lawyer uh, making his way to get to Jennifer, and um, he finally gets to where she is, and he goes to run down the stairs, and the teacher is there, and she has like this metal sign. And she swings it and decapitates the dude. <laughs> That's it with him. So fast. Right. It's amazing. <laughs> so it's the teacher against Jennifer now, and then the teacher's about to fuck up Jennifer before she can call over insects again. But luckily, that chimpanzee had a vengeance against that tutor. <laughs> and he comes and he gets his little switchblade and slices the shit out of her. Yeah. Jennifer Connelly and the chimpanzee embrace, and that's the end of the movie. And that's it. Everybody's the chimp and Jennifer are going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have 11 kills in this movie. Mm-hmm. No breasts, no penises. 
what do you? What did? You, what's your overall thought of this movie? What grade? Also, I mean, it's probably my favorite Italian horror movie <laughs> oh, now. Oh shit! <laughs> but if you were to be able to go back in time, take Jennifer Connelly out of it, and then show me again, I don't know if I would feel that way. Mm. I think it's just I have that intense love for her. Really? Like bugs, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah, I don't. I but also the story's pretty interesting. I'll, I'll give it that. And at least I can accept that a lot of the lines were just lost in translation, which is okay. What really bothers me about Italian horror movies is like the total lack of reaction when something horrific is happening. <laughs> that bugs me. <laughs> <clears throat> and I didn't feel a lot of that here. I feel like people were appropriately reacting to things. Yeah. The acting, the acting was fine in this one. Yeah. The the conversations, of course, this is a different language. It's not as as fluid as other movies, as, as right. American movies. So solid B. Oh wow, yeah. higher than I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. It's higher than my grade, C plus. Oh. Um, the editing of this movie is atrocious. I mean, sh- yeah, cut the fat. There's so um, much of it. Well, it's not even about cutting the fat, really. As much as it is with the soundtrack of this movie, <clears throat> oh, okay. There's like it, there's a lot of it seems really inappropriate. Like there's heavy metal music going on when they're just wheeling someone out of a house, like a dead body out of a house. That's true. It's they're blasting little... like Motorhead. Right. Like it didn't seem it didn't it didn't fit. But there was some other or- or- orchestral music that did fit in, or there was music by like. Um, uh, fuck, what's his name? Simonetti, who uh, does a lot of like the Italian horror uh, soundtracks and Italian movie soundtracks along with Goblin. Some of those are really cool, like where the woman is singing and there's... Um, they played a few times throughout the movie. I like those, and that's... I like that. But when you're throwing in, like, Iron Maiden during scenes that don't need fucking Iron Maiden <laughs> Iron in it, Maiden was a little intrusive, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's like, jeez, <laughs> like, we don't need this. Like, why is this in here? And, but yeah, there is a lot of fat that needs that could be trimmed, that ended up getting trimmed in the other versions of the movie. Yeah, I want to see the U.S. theatrical release. I feel like that'll be a lot tighter. Yeah, uh, they cut out uh, some of the gore in the movie. There's not oh. a lot in here. No, there isn't. There's just the, the the grossest part that they cut up was the part where the detective who's chained up on the wall breaks his thumb to get the handcuffs yeah, off. Yeah, that part's gross. <clears throat> the skull with all the maggots is pretty yeah. gross. The maggots in general gross me out. <laughs> yeah. So there's only, uh, they cut that scene down to probably about, I don't know, a second oh, to where wow. he breaks his thumb and takes the, yeah, maybe a second or two. Yeah, that scene's pretty long. Yeah, <laughs> I like that scene. <clears throat> but yeah, overall for me, it's a C plus. There are some cool things in it. I do like the uh, Huthers... Uh, it's a, a serial killer movie along with uh, an X-Men movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like how some movies are like that. Mm-hmm. Where there's like this whole serial killer thing in the background for the moment. Until if you know, do the whole story about her mutant powers. And then we shift into the serial killer thing. Which I do like that. But yeah, I'm still giving it a C plus because okay. the editing really took it out. Took me out of it. And I, I believe the original version that I did see was the U.S. theatrical cut. Okay. Because uh, I actually think, I don't know if I still have the VHS anymore, if I sold it. Uh, I might still have it, actually. But I believe that th- that's the theatrical cut. And it's called Creepers, not Phenomena. I gotcha. So this was another, like, 25 minutes of movie that you yes. had seen. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Most of it, though, could have been left <laughs> in the cutting room yeah. for at least with the thumb breaking, I wouldn't cut any of that because you are kind of anticipating, like, ew, he's not gonna, ew, he yeah. did it. Yep. Like, that part's pretty gross. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, there is anticipation there, so I wouldn't cut it. Yeah. I think that about does it for Phenomena. I still say check it out just to see Jennifer Connelly in a movie and playing a, a very young role and doing, I believe she was a model, so I'm sure she was based out of some of these European countries. It's so. Wait, is her Italian dubbed? Because she speaks Italian in a couple of scenes. Uh, I think there's a lot of looping going on in this movie. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I'm sure there are parts where she is speaking Italian, and it is her. But then they had to loop other parts of the movie to sync up, or a lot of these other Italian actors have to go back in and kind of clean up their accent a little bit. I see. Because this is all mostly this movie is in English. Mm-hmm. 
I'm pretty sure all Dario Argento's movies up until this movie was predominantly in English too, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. But you gotta, yeah, you gotta make money across the seas too. You is know? that? I mean, is that why? Because he thought it would make more money in different countries. I don't know why. Okay. I, I think maybe. I think that's the reason why they would have a lot of like American actors into Italian films because they would be marketable in the United right. States. Okay. Like they would have a Paul Newman or some someone in a movie or <laughs> do like a. a, a a decent size role there and then like oh this is a big star here and then they'll show it in the United States and he'll be on the cover even though he's like fifth build <laughs> okay but yeah Phenomena aka Creepers still check it out Jennifer Connelly is yeah. great I did read that she is not a, really a big fan of the, this role she thinks her acting isn't all that great in it all it's, child actors who grow up and become successful actors say that yeah. about themselves. But you're a child actor, yeah. man. You, you get many passes with that. Right. Unless you're completely awful. But other than that, you're fine. Right. And she's, I mean, she's not amazing. No. But for 15, for her first movie role, yeah. she's very good. Yeah. But yeah, all adult. Like, <clears throat> Harry Potter, what's his name? Daniel yeah. Radcliffe says he can't watch any of the old movies. <laughs> and for the first one, like... For good reason. But he's like 11. <laughs> yeah. Can he wasn't break? even an actor, yeah. really, was he? No, no. This uh, is this was his first role, yeah. Okay. So, that doesn't surprise me that she said that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that about does it for us on this episode of My Bleeding Ears. Next week, we'll be back with Jessalyn's movie. Hmm? Winding down to the end of the year. Counting down. Counting down. <laughs> Our episodes until number 100, which will be coming mid-December. Mm-hmm. So... Join us every episode until then. Thanks for listening. Right. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs>